Welcome to Resilient Forward, a podcast created by Bagay Group to educate the public and promote solutions to Florida's most challenging environmental issues. I'm your host, Irela Bagay. I've been a longtime advocate of the environment and the economy. I invite you to join me as we showcase resilient solutions, feature innovative strategies, products, and services from prominent members of the business community, including industry leaders, advocates, and elected officials all engaged in developing and implementing resilient solutions in their community. Well, we're very excited to be on board of ARCUP. And you ask, what is ARCUP? ARCUP is a floating home, but it's not just any floating home. It's a 75-foot high-end amazing, resilient structure, co-founded and designed by Nicholas Duron. And he is the CEO, co-founder of ARCUP. And they just featured ARCUP in the Miami Yacht Show recently. So we're excited to be up on board of this amazing vessel. And it's such a great solution to resilience because it can withstand hurricanes, state-of-the-art anchoring system where you can raise it and um, you know sus- it can sustain storm surge and so forth. But to give us more detail, uh, Nicholas, talk to me about how you envision this in your mind with your team and, um, and now obviously how excited we are with the feedback that you've gotten and the reception that you've gotten at the, at the Yacht Show. Talk to us about you know, the whole process of how you got involved. Sure. Well, first of all, we are very happy to have you on board today. Uh, it's been a long time that you've followed our project, and now finally we can see the, uh, the, the end result and the finished product. Um, the, uh, the original idea that uh, led us to, to found ARCAP and, and start this uh, livable yacht project, as, as we call it, um, was actually by my partner, um, Arnaud Luguet. Uh, who's been living in Miami for close to 10 years and had the opportunity to see the impacts of um, climate change and sea level rise. Um, Let's say by living waterfront, he saw how every time there's king tides or or tropical storm, uh, there's issues with flooding and many properties are actually threatened by by the water. And... um, (coughs) His, I think his origin, because his, um, his mother's Dutch, his father's French, but his mother's Dutch, and in the Netherlands, as you know, they're, they're, there's already a, a huge challenge as regards to um, sea level rise and uh, how, to, how to adapt to it and how to live in a country that, uh, that has about one third of, of its area be under the, uh, the, the sea level. So. In the Netherlands, uh, floating communities um, is something way more uh, usual and traditional. And if you take cities as Rotterdam or Amsterdam, there's entire districts that are that have been developed on the water. Right. So it's not really a new concept in other parts of the world, and even parts of the of the of the United States. Yeah. Even even in the U.S., if you look at cities like uh, San Francisco, South Salito is a is a well-known floating community. Seattle, around Seattle on Lake Union, there's lots of floating communities in every marina and, and harbor. So it's, it's not something really uh, uh, new. The only thing is that um, 
Arnold's initial thought was uh, Miami is a, a great city to develop this kind of concept, not only because of the, the challenges to deal with sea level rise, but because of this um, connection with the ocean and the bay almost everywhere. And so that gives plenty of room, plenty of opportunities to explore um, housing solutions on the water, for instance. And um, so that's when he had this, this idea, that's more or less when I joined him. I moved from Brazil to the US, to Miami, to, to start working on this project. And what we wanted to make uh, quite different from housing communities, uh, uh, sorry, floating communities in, uh, in the Netherlands was that we needed to develop uh, a solution that would um, be adapted to the reality of Miami and the environment. And also to our building codes, because we have very stringent building codes for hurricane. And so talk to me about that too, yeah. because you incorporated that into this is not just your typical houseboat. Yeah, exactly. So, so among the, uh, the objectives and, and the things that we wanted to address with our projects, uh, obviously we wanted um, a floating structure or livable yacht that would be adapted to tropical areas and, and cities like Miami, where the bay is actually as, not as, as calm as uh, waterways in the Netherlands or, or lakes where you, you see those houseboats and floating houses. So we needed to come up with a solution that would be resilient, that in, in case of tropical storm or hurricane, wouldn't be completely destroyed and wouldn't become a liability for, for the city. Um, one of the main answers that we brought into our design for, to address this, uh, this topic uh, is the anchoring and self-lifting solution, as you mentioned. So uh, it's called the jack-up system. It's basically made of four hydraulic legs um, that are the anchors of the boat and enable the boat to be completely stable and even um, be lifted out of the water and therefore protected from surge and wave action. Kind of like a Stiltsville type home for those folks that are native to Florida or South Florida. We, uh, we have these homes that are basically sitting on top of the water on stilts. But, yeah. th but these, are, these aren't just legs. These are like strong hydraulic um, pilings, yeah, basically. Those, yeah, those are the, the same, same pilings and same um, structure and engineering solution that, that are used in um, uh, oil plat for oil platforms or work barges. So they're very sturdy, very resistant. And uh, that gives a very solid, uh, stable foundation for the, for the livable yacht or the floating house, let's say. Well, I have to tell you, you certainly have incorporated the sophistication and cosmopolitan style in the design of this. It's not, it just doesn't even look like a houseboat. It looks like a beautiful Miami condo <laughs> yeah. in front of Biscayne Bay or Miami Beach. We're sitting here um, literally across the port of Miami with an amazing view of the city of Miami and on the other side, a city of Miami Beach. So, I mean, we're, we, we are in paradise right now. This yeah. is fantastic. So when we, uh, so we partner with the Dutch architect uh, uh, to design this livable yacht and uh, he specializes in floating projects. He's been doing, designing floating homes, houseboats and any kind of floating structures over the, the past 15 years. And as you know, in architecture, it's very important to take into account the, uh, the environment, the context. So we wanted to, to develop uh, 
uh, yacht that would have the look of a Miami uh, luxury villa, let's say. And, uh, and that's what we achieved with those um, floor-to-ceiling windows, this uh, white uh, cladding all around, this white frame and cladding all around the house. And so that, that's what we wanted to really to provide when you're on the boat, when you're on board, provide the feeling of being in a, in a luxury villa uh, as, you, as you could find anywhere on the coastline of Miami in Miami Beach. And, and, and it basically you have every comfort of home here. I mean, and, and talk to us, you, there's, it's three bedrooms and give us the, the schematic yeah, so, of this particular. So uh, yeah, so, so there's uh, 2,700 square feet of living space indoor, uh, 1,600 square feet of outdoor space. And it's uh, four bedrooms, 4.5 uh, bathrooms, large balconies and, and exterior decks, uh, floor to ceiling windows that are stackable so you can open them entirely and um, have a seamless indoor outdoor integrated space to enjoy life on board and the experience and the bond with the uh, the bay the ocean the, the marine life um, what we wanted to provide also uh, to 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 give this feeling of being in a house is like high ceilings mm -hmm. so that's really different from a regular yacht for instance where everything is luxurious but space is really scarce and um, and ceilings are quite low so here we have 9.5 foot ceilings on the first floor, 8.5 8 foot ceilings on the second floor, and natural light everywhere, lots of windows, so yeah. So, and, and, and that's great, and it's, it's such a great resilient solution. Talk to us about some of the sustainable elements that you've incorporated into, into this livable yacht slash you know, floating home because you can you're basically we're basically off the grid here yeah absolutely so in addition to developing a, a structure that would be resilient to uh, hurricane winds and and stable and safe we also wanted to um, to develop a sustainable self-sustaining solution so the boat's completely um, solar powered we have a, a 2400 square feet solar roof and two large battery banks inside the hull to store the solar, solar power uh, produced during the day. And um, we're operating completely off the grid. So all the, the, the lights, the appliances, uh, the air conditioning, and even the propulsion um, uh, of all the energy to run those, those features are supplied by, uh, by solar power. So we don't we can connect to shore power to charge the battery in case of uh, consecutive uh, cloudy or rainy days. But even during cloudy days, we have about three days of autonomy in terms of, uh, of electricity, of energy. And the other thing that we developed to be uh, off the grid is uh, rain harvesting and purification system. So we, uh, on the roof as well, we collect the rainwater store it into a large uh, freshwater tank and then we have eight stages of filtration and purification to provide drinking drinking water on board that's fantastic so you're not really impacting the environment necessarily and because it's navigational it's not just a, a houseboat that's anchored it's actually navigational you you can basically navigate to a marina and hook up there as well right yeah we can so right now we're uh, anchored close to a, a waterfront property uh, but we can dock um, in a marina 
uh, in an anchorage in the bay where other yachts are, are already anchored. And we have the ability to, to remain there um, for as, many time, as much time as we want without uh, consuming fuel energy, or, uh, uh, sorry, fossil energy, without having to, to depend or rely on fossil energy. We're just relying on solar power and, and, and rainwater, basically. It's great. So, you know, a family that perhaps purchases an ARCUP can go off to the islands, for example, for a while and be, what, like a week or two weeks without even having to go back to a marina of any kind. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So there's, the, um, in terms of, of uh, ener electricity, energy, it's a... Uh, we're off, we're off the grid and independent all year long, here in Miami or in the Caribbean at least. Uh, in terms of water, uh, close to complete autonomy as well. Um, and then the only, um, the only thing that would uh, uh, oblige us to go back to a marina or to connect to, to utilities um, the waste uh, water management, let's say. So right, right. now on this vessel, uh, we have a 4,000 gallon uh, holding tank for black and gray water. Mm -hmm. And um, we have to pump out this water at some point when the, the tank is full. So that can be done with a boat or with a truck that comes and plugs to, to, to our livable yacht. Um, if the boat was meant to be sent to the Caribbean and never come back to Miami, for instance, mm -hmm. Uh, we could install a marine sanitation device. Um, that's a device that uh, uses a, a process based on bacteria to basically treat and clean the wastewater in order for you to be able to discharge it into the ocean. That's great. After it's been treated. So that's, that device would turn the boat actually 100% self-sufficient. Uh, self-sufficient. That's fantastic. And I mean, what an envy this um, vessel or the, and this or this houseboat is during post hurricane when there's no power, you know, and there's water issues and there's all kinds of. I mean, this is where you probably want to be on an arcup <laughs> during post post yeah, hurricane for yeah. sure because it's so self sustaining. Absolutely, because uh, well, one of the the biggest issues post hurricane is reestablish mm -hmm. uh, shore power, uh, um, bring water to to houses and condos and everything. So in our case, we, we don't really depend on any utility for that. We could um, start um, producing our own energy and our fresh water right after the, the hurricane. Mm -hmm. and, um, and this is really a resilient solution in terms, in case of, of tropical storm or hurricane, because we've seen, for instance, how, they, um, how construction codes were adapted in, in the Keys where most of the houses now are built on, on stilts. The first floor is just uh, yeah. nothing, empty space, just stilts, and then the, the house actually starts being built on the second floor. Um, after Hurricane Michael, there was also a very interesting article uh, in the press showing one house that That's right. stood alone on Mexico Beach. All the mm -hmm. houses around were destroyed, and that particular house had been built on stilts and was made of concrete and designed to withstand high, high... Yeah, they went rates. beyond the code because um, unfortunately and tragically, uh, Mexico Beach and that whole area in the panhandle did not incorporate the strict building codes that we have here. But that particular developer did 
because he wanted yeah. obviously to invest in a very resilient home and we saw the aftermath of that. But that it's, it's funny that where you're docked, it's, in, it's on an island, one of the barrier islands here on Miami Beach, and the property that is adjacent to it is an empty lot. And, it th and, and if you think about the future, and you know, obviously we know that in about 50 to 100 years, there's gonna be places in South Florida, they're gonna be underwater, let's be real. Let's, let's, let's not hide that fact, but this is another way of staying, living in paradise and living in Miami, and it's, an, it's, an, it's a solution to, to, to a, a challenge that we have. Yeah. And it's very, it's very uh, visionary of, of your firm and your company to start developing um, solutions to, to uh, some of these challenges. Uh, what's, what are the next steps for ARCA? Talk to us about the reception you got at the, at the yacht show, um, the interest you have maybe from some buyers, um, uh, other opportunities, and um, other ideas and, and concepts that you're planning on developing. Yeah, so, so the outcome of the Miami Yacht Show was great for our cap. Um, we had a very, very uh, positive feedback from um, not only the, the, the audience that attended the, the Miami Yacht Show and that are, let's say, potential clients or buyers for our cap, uh, but also the press and media, we had uh, incredible coverage. We were like very positive, looking at um, the concept and solutions that we're proposing through our cap livable yacht and like sustainable solution. Um, we also had uh, very positive feedback from uh, elected officials and uh, and local associations related to environmental protection. So. That for us was one first goal that we met, mm -hmm. um, uh, bring, bringing a very positive image of what we're trying to achieve, sending the message that it's not just a, a luxury yacht, uh, but it's a, a display, an example of what uh, we could do in the future uh, as regards to developing housing solutions and resident solutions on the water. Absolutely. And so um, our short-term goals are obviously to um, uh, sell RCAP and get uh, uh, additional pre-orders or orders to build, uh, to build more boats. Um, but we also started to, to work on some different designs with our Dutch architect um, in order to, to start addressing different audiences and, and bringing different solutions to the market or at least showing them to, to the public. Well, I mean, you so know, this, and we've talked about this in, in other times that we've met, it's, it's a question of scale, right? You know, when, when um, Tesla started building their first electric vehicles, they were very expensive, and now they've gotten to the point where they sold enough that they're building more affordable models, right? So I see this being the same thing, and even helping Miami and um, some parts of South Florida deal with the uh, affordability of, of living here because yeah. that's you know affordable housing is a is an issue that continues to come up in many of our meetings here public meetings with uh, with elected officials it's a challenge that we have yeah. and so the, perhaps we can have floating apartments in the future well no that's right I mean that's really the idea because the uh, once um, we've understood the, uh, the the concept of a floating stable structure uh, with um, technological innovation that enables this structure to be uh, sustainable and self-sustained that can be um, 
uh, adapted in many different ways to address many different solutions and, mm -hmm. and audiences. So we already started to work on smaller livable yacht designs uh, with two bedrooms, 1500 square feet, for instance, uh, but also on student housing solutions um, that are actually quite cool. Like uh, they're made of um, uh, containers uh, and we have different setups. So we create on one single floating structure um, a, li a living community of, of students that can interact and have their own. I think that's great. So that's, a, that's a great option. And, and, and I need to call my friends over in Monroe County in the Florida Keys <laughs> to come and, and uh, meet with you because they have some challenges as well, um, not just post-hurricane, but also because they have uh, an upcoming moratorium on, on future buildings. So they're going to have to incorporate living with the water somehow and this is another yeah. solution that that they can think about incorporating and and we have also seen some interest since we uh, launched our cap and unveiled during the the miami yacht show from uh, many um, marina owners managers um, submerged land owners waterfront property owners so people understand that um, their facility or their asset can could actually be uh, used used mm -hmm. to develop floating communities, floating districts, mm -hmm. and that's quite interesting and yeah. very innovative too. A great use of, of space that's just sitting there, you know. Yeah, could go anywhere from um, luxury eco resorts on the water uh, as an alternative to uh, over what over water bungalows, for instance, or things like that that you'd see in the Middle East, the Maldives, and they, they start or want to develop in, in the Caribbean and the Bahamas as well, to, to uh, floating communities in everywhere, everywhere where there's a, a harbor, a yacht club, a marina, or uh, some island, there's a potential floating community to be developed, and it doesn't necessarily have to be a, a high-end project or, or anything. Before we end, we always like to end our podcast with one question that we ask all of our guests. Uh, what does resilience mean to you? So um, resilience, the, the way I, I see it, I envision it is uh, a set of solutions or a way to extend our lifetime and, and, and the quality of life of our future generations on Earth and on the water, uh, and to do that in, in harmony with the, with the environment, basically. So uh, linking sustainability with resilience and, and through resilience um, getting this idea of uh, long-term projects, solutions, life, no matter how the, uh, the environment will, will change, we should be able to adapt and, uh, and live in harmony. Well, I want to thank you, Nicholas, because you are ARCUP and, and, and you guys are perfect type of guests that we like to have on our podcast, Resilient Forward, because we developed it for that in mind to feature innovative solutions to our most pressing environmental challenges and climate change and sea level rise. So thank you so much and congratulations. I'm very excited to see the future ARCUPs um, after ARCUP number one. And um, I invite everyone to check out our website so that you can see visually see what I'm seeing here. And it's like, I just want to stay here and like have happy hour. <laughs> on our cup <laughs> but thank you Nicholas it's a, it's great to have partnered with you guys and I look forward to the future with you
Thank you very much. It's been a great pleasure seeing you again and having you on board today. Thank you for joining us on this episode of Resilient Forward. You can listen to other podcasts at resilientforward.com and follow us on Twitter at ResilientFWD. If you're interested in sponsoring our show or know someone who we should feature, please contact us. Remember, our environment is our economy.